Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. You can find me over at X at Derek Tate NFL. That is the one and only Kyle Sappy. You can find him at Kyle Sappy PFN. Over on X, formerly known as Twitter, we have the DFS episode heading into Super Wild Card Weekend. Sappy, the NFL playoffs are upon us, my friend. Although the fantasy playoffs are mostly behind us, but we can still make a little bit of money heading into the NFL postseason, right? Yeah, and we've got six games. Like I like these early rounds because, don't get me wrong, the conference championships, all that stuff's good. But the more football, the better. I'm very much a volume shooter when it comes to DFS and just my fandom as a whole. Like I love March Madness because it's chaos all over the place. You've got games going on left, right, and center. That's what I like about this round of the playoffs. You've got a lot of interesting games. Uh, yeah, the two top teams in the NFL aren't playing, but outside of that... We've got a lot of action here. We're going to break down the Sunday through or Saturday through Monday slate here where we cover every team that's playing. Yeah, every single contest uh, that they have on this NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, all the way to Monday, by the way, which, uh, you know, if I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, which I am, I, I want to gripe that they may have a short week of rest heading into the divisional round if they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, you got to win first. <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Let's start it off. We always come out firing. Soppy, got to go all in on one offense on Super Wild Card Weekend. What is the quarterback wide receiver stack you want heading into the first round of the play? I'm going Sunday night in the Matthew Stafford Bowl, but not with Stafford. I'm going the other side here. Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff right now is priced as the quarterback nine. I get that there's some talented options out there, but Jared Goff at home should not be priced as quarterback nine in any realm, in any walk of life here. We're talking about a guy that's got a 7% touchdown pass rate over the last two seasons when playing at home. That's simply elite. Do the Rams slow him down? I'm not sure that they do. Stafford could well push him. We know that he had the week off last week, so they could come out hot. Obviously, a high total in this game, so I have no problem targeting this as an option. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, need I say more? They don't really have a secondary pass catcher in this offense. It was Sam Laporta. He's clearly at less than 100% if active at all. Don't get me started with playing your best tight end, you know, in a game that doesn't really matter. We'll get to that another time. But St. Brown, the sun god, he's caught a touchdown in four straight. That was a knock on him earlier in his career. It's like, eh, the volume's there, but is he going to be a scoring option? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. He can do just about everything. Jared Goff has confidence in him. I don't have confidence in a secondary option. They're going to have to score to keep up. Goff, St. Brown, lock it in and go from there. I'm on board with trying to get a share of whether it is Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, or the flip side, and Matthew Stafford stack him with Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup. Take your pick. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, who knows? But for me, there's one guy that you can argue is the hottest quarterback heading into the NFL postseason, Sapi. Joe Flacco? Joey! It's Joey Flacco. How you doing? Like, uh, I did a bad how you doing from friends. But anyway, the point is, Joe Flacco, and once upon a time, before Amari Cooper, you know, missed the final two games of the 2023 regular season, Oh, yeah, he caught 11 passes, 265 yards, and two scores against this very Houston Texans defense that they will be facing off against again in H-Town. So, and even the game prior to that, you know, Flacco has been on a tear the last five games of the 2023 regular season, throwing for a minimum of 250 yards and multiple scores in every single game, just, you know, out of this world, Joey Flacco. Um, but 
Cooper also put together back-to-back 100-yard performances before he ended up sitting the final two weeks with a heel injury. Now he hasn't been practicing, but originally he was a game-time decision even against the New York Jets back in Week 17, which tells me this is more cautionary than it is something that is going to really threaten him not being on the football field against the Houston Texans. We saw what he could do back in Week 17 or Week 16, excuse me, and I think he's going to have another productive day at the office if Joe Flacco continues to just let it rip in this Cleveland Browns offense. Yeah, and I think two of the options we picked here are interesting because you've got a clear-cut alpha. I know you've got David Njoku there making waves here, but Cooper's the clear-cut number one. I want St. Brown, he's a clear-cut number one. You look at Miami, like they've got Waddle and Hill. You look at a few other spots, they've got multiple receivers. Then Kendall, you mentioned LA, like Cooper Cup's still a thing. Puka Nakua obviously setting all the records. So I like where we're headed there, going with the number one alpha option. Obviously, Dallas has that too, but I think they might be a little chalky in this spot. Maybe just a little bit. So speaking of chalk, uh, are there any running backs that you want to pair with that Detroit Lions stack heading into the first weekend of the NFL playoffs? We a lot has changed. I know me and you have been here like five months. Has it been about that long since we've been at PFN? A lot has changed since the second we got here. One thing that hasn't changed, I like my guy Isaiah Pacheco. That's going to continue in this spot against the fifth worst red zone defense. The angriest runner in the NFL is going to continue to pick up yards. They're going to continue to be in scoring position because nobody is healthy for the Dolphins, be it in the secondary, up front. There is... They're struggling. I understand that the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs of years past, but they should be able to hang 25, 30 points on the Dolphins. Pacheco, he's got at least 18 touches in four of his last five games. The volume is there. The versatility is there. That's not something we knew coming into the season. The scoring equity should be off the charts. Give me some Isaiah Pacheco against the Finns. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, since week 12, on a points-per-game basis in a PPR format, is the running back three with 21.8 fantasy points per game. Soppy, I love it. Another guy I love, though, and you mentioned this could be a high-scoring game between the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams. Soppy, few running backs have been better than Kyron Williams. And I know he's the top-priced option, top shelf. You're paying a premium price, but sometimes you you, you, you can pay up and you, you get what you paid for. And that's what has been the case with Kyron Williams since he's come back from that ankle injury off of injured reserve in 12, uh, averaging 24 fantasy points per game. That's less than a point, um, less than point per game, less than just Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of, you know, word vomit right there. My apologies, but you get the point. He's an elite company. He's the running back too, just ahead of Isaiah Pacheco. Um, you know, in the six games that he played before the end of the regular season uh, since returning from IR. He went for 100 yards rushing in four of them, uh, over 100 total yards in every single contest. This guy's a do-it-all back, and in a high-scoring contest, give me the guy that is clearly playing at a very high level and getting that starter's workload, bell cow-type work, um, getting what you paid for heading into wildcard weekend. Yeah, and I think you get the benefit of the doubt there because we mentioned Stafford, Nakua, Cup. Those guys are going to draw some ownership. You're likely not putting Stafford with Kyron or Cup with Kyron. Like, there's going to be lineup disparity there, even though Kyron Williams, we all know how great he is. He had eight top 10 finishes in 12 games this season. All he does is find the end zone over and over and over again. So if you're going there, you're getting off the pass game and people that are on the pass game probably aren't landing on him. So I don't think it's it's going to be a popular play, but I don't think it's going to be overwhelming chalk. And I'm never going to argue against playing Kyron Williams. He's a first round pick next year. 
Ooh, I like it. And speaking of first round picks and heading into next year, go ahead and subscribe. Hit the like button. Also click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new bit of video content on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. If you are listening via podcast, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. A five-star review really helps grow our podcast and our channel heading into the 2024 offseason. Also, go to pfnfantasy.com. Check out our DFS optimizer so you can take our picks along with some of the players that you like hitting into the Super Wildcard Weekend. Plug them into our DFS optimizer so you can build out your optimal DFS lineup wherever you like to play, whether it is DraftKings, FanDuel, etc., etc. Check it out over at pfnfantasy.com along with our fantasy trade analyzer for those of you that are in dynasty leagues that have no trade deadline and you're trying to acquire assets heading into the 2024 season. Go ahead and check out our trade analyzer as well. If you are still playing in a league where you need or you actually are trying to fill out a lineup and you have a roster and a bench, there is a start set optimizer tool that is also available over at pfnfantasy.com. And also, if you have not heard, ESPN's new sports betting app, ESPN Bet, is now live. Secure $250 in bonus bets by signing up with the link in the episode description. Use promo code PFN, and you will instantly have $200 in bonus bets in your account, plus another $50 within 24 hours. Must physically be present in one of the 17 states that legally have ESPN bet for bonuses 21 plus and present in participating states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And look, the holiday season has already come to a close, but the gear at PFN merch is still going strong like the hat, Soppy. Get your exclusive merchandise to rep your team fandom, support the brand, or make your fantasy football league mates poke a little bit of fun at them by grabbing some of our fantasy merch by going to pfnmerch.com today. Soppy, after a lot of talking from me, let's go ahead and refocus. DFS lineup, quarterbacks, who do we like heading into wildcard weekend? You you already mentioned Joe Flacco. I'm going to double down on that. Nothing wrong with our guy Joe Flacco. Obviously, if you're paying down, there are there are a ton of options here. Obviously, six games, 12 teams, there aren't a ton of options. So if you're going to pay down a little bit, Joe Flacco, no issue with that. It does. It's a little weird because it's a first game, so you need him to produce, and then you can pivot the, with the rest of your lineup. You get a big number there, late swap, all that good stuff. You can do it. Second in pass rate over expectation are the Browns since Joey Flacco took over. I don't see any reason why that would change, especially if you think C.J. Stroud and company are going to push him. Game theory time. Step into my office here because you've got options. We mentioned both members of the Lions game. No issues there. Stafford or Goff. You've got Flacco. He's great. Nobody's going to need a sell job on Dak Prescott going against my Packers. I understand the Green Bay's looked better, but still, you got an alpha receiver at home, yada, yada, yada. Jalen Hurts might be an option. He might be in play. We know his fingers going all goofy in different angles. We don't know if either one of his receivers is healthy. There's a lot of problems in Philadelphia right now. But the the point remains here. We've had four months, four plus months of Tampa Bay being something of a pass funnel. And if you're giving me pass production or at least passing upside with Jalen Hurts, understanding that the man rushes for a touchdown every single game, if not two, you're talking about some upside here that I don't think is going to be very rostered. Nobody's going to, and I don't blame people for kind of pivoting off of Hurts and wanting to spend up elsewhere, but it's a pay up to be different spot. Jalen Hurts still has a lead upside, even if he's less than hundred percent. Jalen Hurts, if you're in a JP, GPP option here is a, is very much in my player pool. That's just a theory, a game theory. That's Tell me right. another reference right there. Not a clue, but the best wow. kind of theory. 
Oh man, shout out to MatPat, like one of the best YouTube channels out there. Just announced his retirement at 37 years old. I'm 37 years old. Anyway, I digress. Um, Matthew Stafford, though, is uh, the guy that I'm actually going to go with. I understand your thought process when it comes to Jalen Hurts. We already talked about Joe Flacco. Um, for me, Matthew Stafford is really clicking in the passing game. I mean, he's oh, thrown yeah. for what 250 yards uh, or more in in six or five straight games. Um, you know, a boatload of touchdown passes over the final like seven contests of the season. That offense really turned the corner uh, once Kyron Williams got back into the mix and also helped the touchdown production and scoring opportunities, sustained drives, et cetera, et cetera. Now you're going to Detroit. And I mean, as much as defense, the Lions defense has had its moments this season, and maybe there's a little bit of like nostalgia working for some of these fans. I still think it's going to be a raucous crowd that is going to give him a, a, a boovation, a standing boovation, if anything, uh, once he returns to Ford Field. But I expect Stafford to play at a high level and make this a very competitive game between the Lions and the Rams. I expect Stafford to show up and, and have himself a pretty solid outing indoors at a place that he's played a bunch during his NFL career. Yeah, did you see Detroit put out a message saying they didn't want their fans to wear Stafford Lion jerseys? Like, to me, that's crazy. I want this to be a love fest. I want this to be 100 points going back and forth like that. Uh, it was a, what was it, like a Rams-Chiefs game, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago when it was 50-something to 40-something. I would love to see that. I want somebody winning this game on the final possession, and that means all the fantasy points. No problem with that play. Yeah, Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes once upon a time in a little bit of a shootout. I think that that's what we're, we're referencing. So let's move to the wide receiver position. Uh, Sapi, who else is in your player pool uh, for this weekend at wide receiver? Well, if you're going the game theory route and whatever YouTuber you're talking about, Chris Godwin on the other side, I don't mind. He's going against the third worst red zone defense in the league. You know what Chris Chris red zone? Chris Godwin doesn't really do. He doesn't really catch touchdown passes. He only has two this year. So if that's opening up a ceiling when it comes to scoring, we know the volume has been there, at least down the stretch. It was a struggle through the first two, three, two and a half months of the season, but 45 targets over his last five games. Chris Godwin turning into what we thought he would be all season long. So he's very much in play. If you're going to go with Hurts, you think the Eagles can push him a little bit. I think Godwin is an option there. And then if you're going, if you want to be different with chalk, and that's that's kind of a weird saying here, but I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is going to be unique. I don't think Rasheed Rice is going to be unique. But if you put them both in the same lineup, then we're getting a little crafty here because you're, in theory, cutting off some of your upside because both players can't score on the same play, but I think both players are very much in play. And if you think Kansas City is going to hang a big number on the Dolphins, no problem with that. Seven multi-red zone red zone target games this season for Rasheed Rice. And in 11 of his past 12, he's got a touchdown or an 80% catch rate. He's, he's dominating. He's scoring. He's efficient. There's nothing not to like from Rasheed Rice these days. Yeah, Rasheed Rice... Uh, you're never going to hear an argument from me the way that this is all shaken out in 2023. He's emerged as uh, Patrick Mahomes go-to guy in the passing game. He's an automatic start for me pretty much in any of these slates. And I like to try to get him in my lineup pretty much every week. Chris Godwin's an interesting one uh, because there have been some issues that have been widely discussed about Philadelphia's secondary issues throughout this year. Uh, and in particular, they, you know, they lost some of their versatility to be able to guard opposing slot receivers um, with some injuries on the back end earlier this year. But I still think it's Mike Evans week. So Mike Evans is my guy. I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with maybe even going with like a sneaky double, double it up, okay. double back, double trip. I mean, Baker, the only thing that has me hesitating a little bit 
on a huge breakout day from Baker Mayfield is that he has been a little bit banged up recently and, and kind of playing through some injuries. So I don't know if Baker's going to have the best day of his career. Hopefully he does as a Bucks fan. But Mike Evans, the last two weeks, a tough New Orleans secondary, held him to just 70 yards on three receptions and out of the end zone. Uh the Carolina Panthers, their pass defense is way better than people realize. And in particular with J.C. Horn back in the mix, um, you know, helped hold Mike Evans to one of his worst outings of the entire season. I feel like he's a bit of a forgotten man heading into this weekend. He still has a great matchup against the Eagles. He's been a touchdown machine this year with 13 scores. Uh, give me Mike Evans uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I'll save some of the nuggets here, but go on over to the betting podcast. We're going Baker Mayfield over on the passing yard, so I have no problem with going Evans and or Godwin in this spot. Fire the cannons, baby. Go Bucks. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I, no, no, um, biased here over at ProFootballNetwork.com. But let's uh, let's move to the running back position, Sapi. Um, who are some of the other options you like for this weekend at the running back spot? Yeah, you mentioned Kyron Williams, and there's no debating that top of the board pay up to be different I get all of that the dude missed five games this year that's almost a third of the season he's got 56 percent of the rushing yards and he missed almost a third of the season I'm not going to walk you through the math that is crazy that is hard to do so Kyron Williams if you're paying up if you want to pay down a little bit here how about Jalen Warren I don't think this game's going to get a lot of attention you've got defenses on both sides that can play it can slow the tempo. We got all sorts of weather concerns. I'm from upstate New York. Trust me, you don't want to be in Buffalo when stuff gets going sideways there, which it sounds like very well could happen. But I think if Pittsburgh's going to stay competitive, it's going to be beating the Bills by a thousand paper cuts. I don't think they hit George Pickens over the top because that's how Buffalo's not going to let them do that. That's the one way Buffalo loses this game is get hit over the head with George Pickens for 86-yard touchdowns from Mason Rudolph. So they're going to give up the underneath stuff. I like Deontay Johnson's pass catching total. Jalen Warren is a part of that in the passing game here. Mason Rudolph's completed over 74% of his passes this season. If he funnels six, seven of those looks to Warren, I could see him paying off in DraftKings, which is obviously a PPR format. Give me some Jalen Warren in Buffalo in the snow. Oh, Buffalo. <laughs> I like it. Uh, in particular, yeah, Jalen Warren. It is an interesting. It's hard to invest with conviction in either of the backs in Pittsburgh sometimes. But I like your line of thinking when it comes to Jalen Warren this week. For me, it's Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys at home. And whether you think they earned that two seed or not, got lucky, whatever. They're the two seed. They've got a home game. Mike McCarthy's former team, the Green Bay Packers, coming into Jerry World. I don't I don't I, I really need to see Jordan Love in his first playoff game. And I'm not going to say anything's out of the realm of possibility because it's his first one. And he's been playing at a very high level to finish the season. Uh, You must be ecstatic as a Packers fan. Um, I have seen the Packers, even though they've been pretty good to close the season against opposing rushing attacks. I think only average like fewer than 80 yards on the ground per game uh, over the last three games, but they have given up some big rushing performances. And certainly the Dallas Cowboys offense at home can generate a lot of scoring opportunities Pollard did score in the season finale against Washington because it's Washington. But I do like Tony Pollard this week. He's just somebody that at his price point, you're still getting a guaranteed volume of work against a Packers defense that I think the weakness for that team generally can be on the ground, even though they have really struggled through the air. But Jair Alexander coming back last week certainly helped. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree with you there. And I think you're gonna get you're gonna see that a lot in DFS contests this week. Is it? It's not the normal DFS crew. There's a lot of season-long players coming over. And if you're a season-long player and you drafted Tony Pollard, trust me, I'm not sure I have to tell you, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I got a lot of Pollard. I got a lot of Pollard sitting on my bench and out of my – because I didn't make the playoffs. So I think there's some of that, some rubber band effect from season-long owners that are going to pre- suppress the ownership of Pollard in this spot. So let's move to the tight end position. Uh, Soppy, is there any other Dallas Cowboy that maybe stands out to you at the tight end position heading into the weekend? You bet. And we got some birthday swag working here for Jake Ferguson, who turns 25 years old a week from today. So he doesn't technically play on his birthday, but there's good vibes around your birthday. I mean, I don't have to tell you. Everybody has a birthday. Everybody knows it's a good time of year. So what's not to like there from Jake Ferguson, who's seen at least six targets in six straight games. And listen, Brandon Cooks is the number two in this offense, and he's scoring a ton, and that's great for fantasy managers. I get all that, but he hasn't really emerged as a target earner on a consistent basis, not the way Ferguson has. So I'm looking at Ferguson as the second most consistent option in that passing game. And listen, you said I'm a Packers fan, and I am. I think they might get hammered in this game. So if it's going to be a score fest here, Jake Ferguson gets in on the fun. And if you're going to pay down at the position, which is commonplace for the tight end spot, Brock Wright, he's in play if Sam Laporta sits. Like, it's not pretty, and I hope Sam Laporta plays because, like I said, I want 100 points in that game, and I want all the fun. And if Brock Wright plays, that probably diminishes those chances. But you're talking about a guy that's six foot five, 250 pounds. He's a big option. He scored on 7 out of 55 career targets. So, at the very least, you get some scoring equity in an offense that lacks a guy behind him on Ross St. Brown. I understand Jamison Williams is coming on to a degree. He's battling an ankle injury. He's still more of a one-trick pony than anything. So in the short passing game, the red zone, Brock Wright, at the bare minimum, is in play if Sam Laporta sits. If starting Brock is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, did that's I get well that said. Right? Did, that's did, well did said. I, <laughs> I don't know. That was terrible. Uh, and that's the only one that you guys get for this entire episode, I promise. Uh, but the guy that kind of stands out to me at the tight end position heading into a matchup where – they're playing a secondary, although that has been playing better in recent weeks against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Soppy. Dallas Goddard is Devontae Smith's banged up. A.J. Brown's banged up. Jalen Hurts is banged up. It, it, it's, it's been a, a, a stumble to the finish line heading into the postseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I could see Dallas Goddard, who is the healthiest of that trio of pass catchers, heading into Super Wild Card Weekend and their Monday night matchup against the Bucs. I could see Goddard having some success against whether it is Lamonte David, who is a very talented, still excellent coverage linebacker at his advanced age, and Devin White, uh, and even Antoine Winfield, who, by the way, cough, cough, got snubbed for a Pro Bowl appearance. My goodness, over Buda Baker, but I digress. Dallas Goddard is someone that can handle a high volume of work in the passing game and have very productive fantasy performances. I do think he can have one against the Buccaneers if called upon and certainly if Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are not 100% for this contest. Yeah, stack them up with Hurts. I got no problem with that. But you said the Eagles stumbled to the finish line. I think we need people in the comment section here to leave me a bigger word. I'm not a wordsmith here, so I don't know off the top of my head. But calling that a stumble feels like an underrepresentation of what's going on in Philadelphia these days. 
a, a mischaracterization. Um, maybe I'm not very articulate, Soppy. Let's get another I'm word. I'm not either. In we there. need help. <laughs> I don't need my. I need my thesaurus. Come on. Uh, so let's move on to the defense special teams to kind of round out our DFS lineup heading into Super Wildcard Weekend. Who you got? To me, this is all about picking spots. I We know these teams can defend, or at least most of them can. The two best defenses are on by. So I'm just looking at spots where I think the offense is going to be able to put pressure on the opposing offense. And to me, that's Dallas and Buffalo. Those are two offenses I think are going to explode without much of a concern. And the other side comes with risk. I mean, you've got Jordan Love on one side. You've got Mason Rudolph on the other. So there's potential there, especially if they're playing from behind. Buffalo is a top 10 defense when it comes to pressure rate. That's gold, especially in the snow and the ugly conditions and everything like that. Dells, we know they're overly aggressive, maybe to a fault sometimes. But in fantasy, I'll give up a 70-yard touchdown if it means I'm taking a pick six the other way. Those points more than cancel out. They work in my favor there. They have an interception in 11 of 17 games this season. It's tied for the third highest rate in all of football. I think they get one, if not two, this week. Both of the Cowboys and Bills are in play in my defense and special teams position this week. You know, I don't blame you for going the direction of the Cowboys or the Bills, but the team that I I really believe can make a little bit of noise in the AFC that's playing with house money is the Cleveland Browns. And look, I love me some C.J. Stroud. He has had an outstanding rookie campaign. And the fact that he came through in the clutch in a win-and-you're-in season finale against a division rival – to punch their ticket to the postseason is a fantastic turnaround. It's actually one of the better turnaround jobs season over season that I can think of over the last 10 years. D'Amico Ryan's tip of the hat, C.J. Stroud, fantastic. Bobby Slowick, you may be getting a couple looks at head coaching positions. But that being said, when these two teams met a couple weeks ago, I know it was Case Keenum under center, but the Cleveland Browns defense made life very difficult for the Houston Texans pass catchers. And I think Nico Collins had like four receptions for fewer than 20 yards. Yeah, he found a a score at the end of the game in garbage time. They scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to make it look a lot closer than it really was. Um, This Cleveland defense is for real, and it is a very, very tough first playoff test for someone like C.J. Stroud. Even at home, even with Nico Collins, they still have Noah Brown who's banged up. Robert Woods is banged up. Uh, which means you're probably going to get expanded roles from like Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie. Uh, and Collins struggled in that first matchup. So I'm a little bit nervous about the Houston Texans offense, which makes me want to go with the Browns defense that has been stingy all season long. Yeah. Yeah. No issue there. I mean, there's obviously you're going on the road to play a, play a very good team here, but targeting a rookie quarterback with an elite defense i'm not gonna laugh at you for doing that that's not a problem and it correlates nicely if you're gonna tell the joe flacco story and go that route and stack him up with amari cooper and they put pressure on cj stroud and company then you're kind of talking about like what i was with an offense that's putting a pressure on the opposing offense that's the situation you want to find yourself in just a matter of how you get there that's my game theory, and I won't go ahead and use another quote from another YouTuber, but I will go ahead and ask you that uh, if you have not yet done so, go ahead and subscribe, like, and hit the bell to get notified every single time. We drop a new bit of video content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. We're going to be dropping all kinds of content, podcasts, as we head into the 2024 offseason and beyond. Check it out if you are listening via pot or via audio outlet 
go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, that really helps our podcast grow as we head into the 2024 offseason. Again, check out pfnfantasy.com for our DFS optimizer, our fantasy trade analyzer, our start sit optimizer. As we enter what is like the final month of 2023 regular season, postseason football, as we look to crown a champion here in the National Football League. For Kyle Sapi, I'm Derek Tate. And until next time, everybody, later, says a tater.